So why are people buying? Fear. Like 44% less people are buying. Yeah. Fear. Um, I get it. It's difficult too. This is expensive. Yeah. You yeah. got to have that down payment saved up. And if mm-hmm. you're renting somewhere and you don't have the opportunity to save, yes, it is a big problem. Yes. Look, I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends and talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Broadview Table Talks with my co-host, Michael Ng. I'm Kenneth Yim. And we are talking today about what do we want to talk about today? We're talking about uh, are we at the bottom of the market? It seems like a lot of people are asking that question these days. I don't know. Do you? <laughs> well, I'm, to be honest, I don't know. I, I, you know, a lot of conversations we have, it's with buyers and sellers who are worried about making a move because they're thinking that something is going to happen. And it seems like they're waiting for the dust to settle with mm-hmm. all the Bank of Canada rate changes and everything right. um, before they, they actually decide on doing something. Right. You know, and the conversation that we have a lot for buyers and sellers who are aiming to be buyers because they have to move into their next home is that they want to wait and see uh, if we're at the bottom of the market yet. Yeah, so that's a hard question to ask. Um, are we at the bottom? Because nobody actually knows. No. You know what I mean? Not at all. And the Bank of Canada just released the rate hike uh, announcements a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as you may know, as everyone knows, they also signaled that they're going to continue these increases until they hit their target and core target inflation of 2 to 3%. Mm-hmm. And 3% being at the end of 2023, 2023, mm. and 2% target ideally being in 2024. Yep. So if anything, that means that they're going to continue to being like tightening up their fiscal policy, meaning that they're going to continue to raise rates mm-hmm. until we hit, hit that target, Yeah. which is a scary time. Scary time. So I mean, I, they're saying that it's ideal too, so we don't even know if inflation will respond the way they want them to right, in 2023 right. and 2024. I mean, but I think certainly that, you know, with these rate tightening cycles, I, I feel it anyway, that uh, it, it's certainly slowing down the market. I mean, yeah. the market sales, number of sales in September have dropped by 40 something percent, 44%. Percent, yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So you're basically taking away half the market. So I think that definitely is taking effect and it's going to take a few months for it to really show up in, in the real estate market. Yeah. But certainly it's costing a lot more to, to pay for it. I mean, my own mortgage has gone up quite a bit because yeah. I'm on a variable payment. Same. And I have a couple that are static variable and some that are flexible that are floating variables that float with the rates too, mm-hmm. right? So it's like double the rate, like double the cost, if not it more. Is. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I think it does have the wealth effect, the intended effect of bringing down prices in terms of general spending in the economy. Yeah. For sure. I, I know I'm more, a little more hesitant to buy things now personally. Yeah. Um, so are we at the bottom? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's probably, it's hard to say. My gut feels is that there's still a bit more room to go down Mm -hmm. just because the Bank of Canada is still going to continue raising the rates. The Federal Reserve and the U.S. is still going to continue the rates and we model ourselves after the the Canadian, uh, Mm -hmm. the U.S. banking system. So to me, that shows that there will be. However, how much more can it go down? Like I I personally don't think by much, right? Because we're, there's a bunch of support lines right now. So we have Mm -hmm. the number of immigrations coming into Canada, Mm -hmm. immigrants coming to Canada. Uh, you know, we're, our, our population is definitely aging. Mm-hmm. There's not enough productive people in the workforce to yep. be able to support the social security that we have now. Yep. So what are they going to do? They got to import workers. Yep. Right. They're retiring and, and going away. Yeah. And we're talking about 430,000 this year and yeah. scheduling up to like 500,000, half a million mm-hmm. in 2025. Like we're going to continue to go up for the next foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Ontario. Uh, expects to have 1.5 million people increased over the next 10 years. Yep. That's 150 people, 
150,000 people per year. Yep. And we only have capacity to build 100,000 homes. So every year we're going to deficit of 50,000. Well, their, their goal is also to have 1.5 million extra homes built by, you know, 10 years from now. To meet that demand. To meet that demand, Do you think yeah. they're going to do it, though? The most they've ever done was 100,000. I mean, we only hit 100,000 a long time ago, and we haven't been able to hit that benchmark again Correct. year over year. Because of COVID, because of yeah. supply constraints. Okay, so immigration is one bottom support line. Having a floor stopping from the the prices hitting like a floor basically mm-hmm. right um there's also lack of listings because a lot of sellers that i've talked to anyway they yeah. don't want to sell because they think it's a bad time to sell yeah so they're not putting the market and if you're a buyer right now looking out there yeah. there's not much inventory well good inventory that you're looking for well new listings down what 30 to 50 percent uh year over year correct yeah. correct because for every housing type sellers aren't selling yeah sellers aren't selling so they're holding out, and I think it's like a fight between buyers and sellers right now, right? Buyers yeah. want lower prices, but sellers aren't willing to sell because it's too low, and they're yeah, just yeah. like, not moving it, right? So and that's interesting because it looks like there's downward pressure on their on affordability as well because now it looks like everyone's moving away from detached to semi-detached to townhomes, and they're moving further down towards condo apartments, which prices are still climbing for those housing types. Because it's affordable. Yeah. The bottom end price really does make a difference. Exactly. So in in a way, also making it unaffordable for others as well because it's driving it up. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the third thing, the third support line, I would say, for prices to stabilize is really the cost of things Mm -hmm. aren't coming down anytime soon. No, no. no, Well, maybe they are with inflation uh, fighting and stuff like that, right? (laughs) Like, you know, materials and labor, that doesn't seem to be shrinking. There's No. Like, to be clear, when they're talking about fighting inflation... It's not talking about bringing prices back down. Yeah. It's just talking about slowing down the increase. The of rate prices, of increase. The rate of increases, yeah. right? So um, I don't think labor is going to get any cheaper. I don't think prices, I mean, materials are going to get any cheaper. No. And maybe with the construction starts slowing down, like mm. builders aren't building as much anymore, right? Because it's kind of uncertain time. They'd rather just sit on their land and hold off and wait. Mm-hmm then the construction trade will have more availability, more capacity, which in theory will bring down the prices because, you know, there's more available labor. Mm-hmm. So I think in that aspect, it may balance out a little bit. Yeah. But ultimately, land is not getting any cheaper. Yeah. Like s- land owners are just going to, you know, they've already waited like 20 years. Well, land's scarce, you know right? I mean? Yeah. It's scarce. I think it's a scarce resource yeah. in, in Canada anyway, even though there's so much abundance of it. It's just the buildable areas because of the green belt in Ontario and the water in Vancouver. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so much constraints on why we can't just constantly build either yeah. out or up you yeah. know there's only so much and a lot of nimbyism and infrastructure can't support it yeah. people out of school that's a different podcast <laughs> right so i think those three things give big support and why prices aren't gonna like there's gonna be a floor for prices mm-hmm. you know on the other side is that buyer affordability is shrinking because the cost of borrowing cost of capital is a lot higher and most yeah. people buy with mortgages in today's day and age you know mm-hmm. back in our parents age maybe they they bought something outright in cash yeah, yeah now yeah. it's not possible right because prices have gone up so much well, they went from 25 year amortizations to 30 year amortizations right and I remember at some point it was like 35 year now it's back yeah. down to 30 max right yeah, yeah. so um and then cmhc's done some 50 year amortizations really recently for mm-hmm. uh multi-unit buildings mm-hmm commercial buildings so anyway the point is that i just don't see that the bottom is really necessarily i i wouldn't say there's much more room to be at the bottom mm-hmm. certainly we're not at the bottom but we only have a limited window to be at the bottom and i think the the chance of it going any lower mm-hmm. is probably a lot lower than the chance of it going back up mm-hmm. does that make sense so sure it might go down another 10 percent or so maybe yeah. who knows right but the chances of it turning around at some point I don't know when that window is. Yeah. Maybe sometime next year, maybe sometimes a year after in 2024. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
but like we're very close to the bottom. It feels like it, especially with the fight on inflation that we have right now. Yeah. Like sellers are very hesitant to lower prices. It's always, it's always faster to raise prices and it's always a lot slower to lower prices. And we're talking about the rate of change here. So it it doesn't seem like things are changing very much anymore. It seems like there were a lot more uh, quick changes in the earlier markets, Mm -hmm. especially during the spring, fall and fall of 2022. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, you know, sellers are holding out now and buyers are feeling that as well because, you know, you still have multiple offers for quite a few decent homes. Right. And I I guess at some point those sellers are going to have to sell though, right? So um, I'm curious to think why you say that prices go up faster than they go down. Well, sellers don't want to lose out. Sellers, sellers of anything, whether it's a good or whether it's a home, they don't want to lose out on the value that they perceive that their their item is. So they're resistant to lowering the prices and they want to keep the prices higher. So in other words, prices are sticky because sellers sticky. don't want to take a hit on the loss. Yeah, they don't want to. So they're willing to hold off and, and not sell yeah. or rent it out yeah. or whatever it might be, right? At yeah. least carry the place and not take that haircut if they don't have to. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. It's hard to buy a house, and why sell it when you already have the financing in place and everything's good to go? Yeah, they already have a home. Right, right. So, you don't have yes, to worry about it. You're right. Prices are sticky. They probably won't come down as fast. You're, you're right about that, and that's a little more. Anyway, um, what I am concerned about is the renewal rates. So if these mm-hmm. interest rates stay too high for so long, like in theory, if you think about it, everybody's typically on a five-year mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at every year, one in five sh- ought to renew, like in theory, just mm-hmm. like at a macro level, I guess, yeah, yeah. big level, big picture. So it's 20% of people should be renewing every year. Yep. And if from, you know, five years ago, you got a mortgage, now it's time for renewal and your mm-hmm. rates all of a sudden from, you know, 2.5% now to like five and a half, six and a half percent. Yeah. That's a big difference. It's you know, a that's big like difference. Th- three times your, your interest costs, which is pretty much half of the mortgage has gone up by three times, mm-hmm. which means like, if you just do simple math, it's, your payments have gone up by a month, uh, 1.5 times. Yeah. That's like approximate, obviously. Don't quote me on that. But like every situation is different. But I'm just saying yeah, yeah. like that's a big affordability gap yeah. that people aren't going to. So those are the people that are going to be forced to sell. Yeah. You know, but thankfully they have enough equity built up that maybe they just refinance at a different level, a higher, like a slightly higher level yeah. if they can, if they can qualify for it. Yeah. Take some equity out and then basically weather the storm that way, right? You know, yeah. like I just, I don't know. I just don't see that we're going to have a significant crash, like most people on Reddit are saying, yep. you know, or, or on the online forums, mm-hmm. because it's still real estate. It's still tangible. It's still a, a, an asset that you can use. It's not yep. like a piece of art sitting on the wall. It's discretionary that you don't really need to have. It's not like buy. crypto. Well, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, it's like, it's a place that people can live in, whether yep. it's the purchaser living in it or yep. renting it out to somebody that's going to live in it or a combination of both. For sure. Or, you know, so I just don't see... The downside, if you're holding real estate in the long term, certainly there's a lot of people that are going to get hurt that can't, you know, have to over leverage themselves and can't make the payments mm-hmm. and just can't catch up. Yep. And they have no means of that. And then they're going to, you know, get closer to foreclosures. But so far, I just don't see in Canada anyway, the, the number of foreclosures is still single digits. It's still very low. Yeah. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know it's low. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, don't, I can't see it going down that much more well thankfully we have our mortgage stress test in place and it was you know fairly hard to qualify and that certainly took care of or that gave us a buffer at least for anyone who may have foreclosed if we did not have that measure in place so that mortgage stress test you meaning that they qualify you for two percent above the current exactly. rate right so that um if the rates do somehow go up quickly mm-hmm. like how my dad then you can weather the storm so right now we're qualifying for two percent above the 
bank prime of 5.79%, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 5.795. Anyway, you're looking oh, at... Oh, yeah, for the latest uh, rate change, yeah, it's 5.95. Right, so you're looking at almost 8%. You're qualifying at 8%. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of crazy to me. Um, but I guess it needs to be done, you know? Yeah. So it's not getting cheaper. I don't have the answer for it. I don't think anybody has asked for it. And people are debating it all the time. Like, you know, there's a whole liberal versus conservative debate right now, but saying that the liberals caused it and now they're trying to fix it. Like their discretion, their bad spending habits. But then, you know, liberals are saying, what do you want us to do? Like, what, we're just going to sit there and do nothing when, yeah. shut, when this pandemic hit? So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All I know is that if you have the capability to buy something, maybe it's a chance to do so. Yeah. Because it's a long-term asset that you're pro- if you're lightweight, like if you don't have much real estate in your portfolio, yeah. I think every portfolio needs to have a bit of asset rich yeah. stuff. Well, it's shifting in mindset, right? You be you switch yourself from being a, a buyer who's struggling to get into the market to a seller who's holding on in the market. Right. You know, if we are close to the bottom, it just means that it's going to keep climbing up, and that's when the transfer of wealth happens. Right, right, right. So smart people definitely would be taking advantage of this market. No, yeah. uh, I, I don't think it's a down market. I think it's more an opportunity market of anything. Right? Oh yeah, because it's um, on one hand the asset prices have come down, but on the other hand, if you're getting a mortgage, the actual cost to make those monthly payments have gone up mm-hmm. significantly. Actually, more than what they were at if you were to buy at a higher price back yeah, then. Right, for sure. So if you didn't buy back then. It's not as good time by now. Obviously, you should have bought back then, mm-hmm. even though there were higher prices. Yeah. But like now is the next best time. Yeah. Right. And we don't know when the next best time is going to be. Well, next best time is today, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we still have enough people coming into the country to mm-hmm. be able to support the prices, whether it's resale prices or, you know, rentals. Because mm-hmm. when they first land here, they're going to rent, right? Yeah. So if you're looking to rent out all or a portion of your home, mm-hmm then it just completely makes sense to do so. Yeah, and, and even basement apartment rentals are, are crazy right now. I mean, oh, it's nuts. everyone's fighting for everything that you can find. I think, well, the biggest problem right now is affordable rentals yep. in in the world, actually. There's no good solution for affordable rentals. No. Like, I, I don't know of any. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, when you factor in population growth and you're not dealing with a stagnant population, then yes, affordable housing is a huge issue. Right, right, right. Because you can't go back in time and, and, you know, when there's less people, like the world is being more and more populated mm-hmm. as we have more kids. Life happens, you know what I mean? At the end yep. of the day, we're all going to want to have kids. Well, not all of us, but like a lot of us do. And our population just grows and we're living longer. Mm-hmm. So we all need a place to live. And mm-hmm. you have a choice between a big city or somewhere else, right? Yep. You're going to pick somewhere with big city with better infrastructure, better schools, better mm-hmm. jobs, better et cetera, et cetera, healthcare, all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't see it shrinking. I don't know. No, not in a city as populous and as busy as Toronto. Right. Especially with growing businesses. Investment from large companies coming in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's unlikely that we're going to see any major dip that people expect. So why are people buying? Fear. Like 44% less people are buying. Yeah. Fear. Um, I get it. It's difficult too. This is expensive. Yeah, you gotta have that down payment saved up. And if Mm -hmm. you're renting somewhere, and you don't have the opportunity to save, yes, it is a big problem. It is. But there's you know solutions to get out of that, right? Like co ownership, Mm -hmm. right? Buying with a spouse or a partner or friend or relative or Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, anybody partner. Yeah. Really, and then there's um, if you can afford to buy a freehold property that has more enough space to build a rent out different rooms. Mm And you just take one room where you live in the basement, for example, and yeah, you yeah. keep your cost low, have somebody offset some of the cost. Yeah. 
there's ways where you can add value to a property if you're a different level and you 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 know you have some equity saved up and you can buy a house. Maybe you add on a, um, a rear addition or an accessory dwelling unit, like another yeah. um, separate, like a garden suite or whatever, yeah. right? And rent that out. That makes it a little more affordable and makes yeah. it more valuable, the property itself. Especially now that, you know, parts of um, Ontario are allowed to build up to three different housing uh, right. dwellings. Right. So new legislation from Doug Ford saying that we're now as a right allowed to, or soon, at least mm-hmm. going to be tabled anyway. Soon, yeah. soon we're going to be allowed to build two or three units mm-hmm. without going through zoning changes as long yeah. as the footprint doesn't change, right? Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. I think there's more enough upside in real estate if you look at it at a bigger just zoom out and look at it from a larger perspective. Yeah. In the long run, I'm talking about like a time horizon of 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe, or longer. Yeah. You can't go wrong. No. If you're looking at year by year, sure, there might be changes and you might be upset and it doesn't move as fast. It's not as liquid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of transaction fees involved in buying and selling such a large asset because there's a lot of risk in buying and selling such a large asset, such as yeah. if you say the wrong things, you could be leaving money on the table, right? So yeah. that's a big reason why those transaction fees are so high yeah and you need some like a professional on your side like us on your side to be able to help you right so um no but essentially you do need somebody that knows what they're doing inside like every day yeah so i think if you have a long-term perspective there's any way to get in the market do it do it as as, like whatever you can whether you do it with partners tenants yeah or whatever it is yeah. You can't go wrong holding real estate. Yeah, just like anyone who snatched up U.S. real estate in 2008 and 2009. Mm, I remember those days. <laughs> you could buy houses, you could buy condos and townhouses for like 20 grand yeah. U.S. Yeah. You couldn't get financing on them, but like 20, 30 grand U.S. Just if you had the cash. Down. If you had the cash. Just put it down. Man, I wish I had more. And you can Airbnb it now. Can you? Well, for a lot of them, yeah. That's how, they, uh, that's how they're building wealth, right? Right. For a couple of people that we talk to when we go down to the States, they, they, they bought their place during some foreclosure sale or something. And then they turned it into an investment property, rented it out. When Airbnb became a thing or VRBO, they switched over to Airbnb and VRBO and they have a solid portfolio. True. Speaking of that, I'm not a huge fan because I actually had two of these conversations this morning with other people. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Airbnb and short-term rentals. Yeah. First of all, in condos, you're not allowed Wear to do it. Right. Yeah. There's, okay. So you're not allowed, all, you're to, not allowed to do it, right? Yeah. And and in parts of Toronto, like in certain major cities, the or small towns, they don't like you doing that because it just creates all this. Like, first of all, it it screws up the tourism industry, like the hotel industry. So they're lobbying yeah. against it to change the rules. Yeah, yeah. The communities get all messed up because there's all these transient people coming in and out yeah, of the city. Yeah, for sure. Right? So I, I don't think people like it. Um. So they banned it in Toronto. You, you have to have like I think you have to live there for six months of the year or mm-hmm. something. You can only rent it out like a couple times, a couple days in in the month or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, and it has to be your primary residence. Correct. Something like that, yeah. right? So there's some rules of surrounding it. So there's yeah. that. There's the wear and tear, like you were saying. There's a maintenance of furniture, yeah. potential lost rents, vacancies, mm-hmm. uh, having to turn over again, having to repaint the place or fix uh, furniture, yeah, for yeah. example. Or maybe, you know, somebody moves in and says, oh, I'm going to be here for, for a year or six months or whatever. I don't want the mattress. I want my own mattress. Yeah, yeah. And the next person comes and says, I need a mattress. Yeah. It's like, oh, then what do you do? Where do you yeah. store this all? Yeah. Hotels Storage are there costs? for a reason. Right. And the third thing is um, management fees. So because it's so intensive and it's like it's like a job in its own, yeah. you need to hire a proper manager that can manage Airbnb. So oh, gosh. Unless it's your full-time job. Unless it's your full-time job, yeah. exactly. But yeah. that's going to cost you 15, 20, 25%, maybe 30% in some cases, depending yeah. on they, what they provide, yeah. plus all these fees. So it's just, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me with the vacancies cost and uh, management costs and the wear and tear. It just... It doesn't make sense to do short term. I'd rather take yeah. less money and have a stable tenant that is going to take care of the place and treat it like their home because it yeah. is their home. 
Well, luckily we don't see too, it doesn't seem like there are too many of those short-term rental places in Toronto. There's a lot. Compared, still, well, yeah. I mean, there are a lot, yeah, but compared to anywhere in the States, it seems like there are far more in every city there. Right, right, right. It's kind of like, it's kind of crazy when you look at how many there are in one specific area. We recently booked tickets to Miami and it, literally every other house in certain areas were just Airbnbs. Really? Yeah? It's just, why? Why I'm are sure there so many? I'm sure it's the same here. I'm sure you just haven't checked in Toronto, but I'm sure there's That's definitely true. a lot of Airbnbs here. <laughs> Anyway, the point is there's a whole bunch of strategies on how to invest into real estate and how mm. to make it work worthwhile. And I would say that the bottom line is there's an opportunity market right now. And I think you're going to be kicking yourself if you don't take action into something today because the way to, the time to make money is now during turbulent times. So if you can do it, do it. We'd be happy to talk to you if you need to. And uh, stay tuned to the next podcast. Until then, I will see you guys later. Head it up.